When you need to buy a flashlight, do you go to the store and just pick one off the rack? Or do you do a little bit of research to buy a light that fits your needs? When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things to consider when you're in the market for a new flashlight. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. We are glad you are here today and we so appreciate you taking your time. Today is June the 2nd of 2023. And we want to welcome you to Podcast 385. Now, if you'd like the episode notes on this particular episode, go to practicalprepping.info slash 385, and you will find today's episode notes. We also want to thank Trailman. Trailman purchased a $50 membership to buy me a coffee, basically $4 a month. And so we're going to make a special offer. If you buy a membership subscription to buy me a coffee to help support the podcast, we're going to be sending you a special surprise gift. So help us out. Let us send you some fun goodies. And we appreciate the support that you give us. I want to share something with you. You know that I listen to a lot of podcasts. I just almost don't listen to radio. That's true. And I rarely listen to CDs unless it's Krista's CDs that I have in my office. But I do listen to a lot of podcasts, and I have found one, and it is called Primed for Crime. It's with Liv Stoddart, and she is in England. Oh, that's cool. And she's got this little British voice. Oh, well, of course she does. She's just such a pleasure to listen to. So what I wanted to do was share, if you are one who enjoys true crime podcast, I want you to go take a look at this. And we're going to put this link. There's several you can select from, depending on where you want to hear it, Apple, Spotify. And we're going to put the links in the episode notes. Well, that's awfully nice. So go to practicalprepping.info slash 385 and you will find those. Now, our topic, as Krista alluded to, we're going to talk about eight things to consider in selecting the perfect flashlight for you. Think about it. We've gone to stores many times, and we have seen entire walls of flashlights, every description, every size. I mean, it's really a large choice. And then you go online to look at flashlights, and your mind gets blown. Oh, man. So there's no lack of flashlights, but you do want to try to figure out which is one or several. You know, you and I have more than one. Oh, many. And one of the things there is the purpose. Why do you want this light? Mm -hmm. What do you want this light to do? Exactly. So the first thing to consider would be the brightness. And that's measured in lumens. Now, brightness is a critical factor when choosing your light. You know, a higher lumen count indicates a brighter light or maybe even a more white color of light. Yeah. Now, for general use, one to 200 lumens is sufficient. And when you go into outdoor activities, you may want three to 500. Some search and rescue may require 800 to 1,000 lumens. 
You know, if you do a little bit of online research, you'll find the specifications for the light you might be considering. And in the store, they have that now written on the package that you can check the lumen count. Obviously, like you said, the higher the number, the brighter the light. And a lot of times that higher brightness is going to give you a distance. A lot of times people need to be able to see several yards out in front of them, not just down at their feet. Right. Also, you need to think about the runtime on Mm -hmm. the batteries as well. And one of the things on runtime, and we'll get to this a little bit more in a few minutes, but they have different modes on them. You can select low power for when you're doing this, or you can select high power when you're doing that. Oh, cool. And you know, something else they include is a water resistance rating. Yeah, sometimes you'll find that on the packaging, and you can have a pretty good idea of what you're looking at. Now, the beam distance, and you alluded to this. Mm -hmm. When I'm going between here and the garage, I run my light on low power. But when I want to see across the yard what might be out by the back fence, I go to high power. Oh, of course. Because it's a considerable distance. I'm not just looking at the pathway I'm walking on. But I want to consider that distance and a light that we will use in the house. We don't have to have the distance that we would want in the yard. And, you know, some of these flashlights have adjustable beam ratings where Mm -hmm. you can actually narrow down the beam and that will make it more bright. Mm -hmm. And then you can widen it out so that you can get a wider field of view. But that tends to bring the light power down a little bit. It appears to. It appears to. It's not a spotlight Mm -hmm. at that point, but it's more of a floodlight. So the distance that a light can reach is essential, especially for those outdoor activities. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about when we were going through the woods looking for a deer after dark. And I'm not talking about to shoot it after dark. That's not legal. But I'm talking about someone had shot one. Oh, and, you're, you're, and they can run a mile. <laughs> they can. But we would be searching for them. And we would want a higher power light that we could search out further for that deer. Well, also, it just occurs to me, there may be another wild animal that may have an interest in a wounded or newly dead deer as well. And you don't want to, you know, happen up on a coyote or something that might be a little mean. Don't want to have to fight. Something else for our <laughs> no. for our food. No. Now, at the same lumen, and this is what you were alluding to a while ago, the wider beam gives less distance. Right. Correct. And a narrow beam gives a longer distance. And that's at the same lumen. And that really comes into play when you're talking about an adjustable lens. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will be on their boat Mm-hmm. out in maybe a, a shallow river or lake, and they may need that narrow beam if they need to look down into even murky water. You can get some visibility on that narrow beam. Yeah, and I like using those in, in the dark when I'm pulling up to a bank. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's any of those no-shoulder slidey things over there before <laughs> I get the nose of the boat up there, too. You want to say, after a while, crocodile. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I want to look that bank over real good. Let's talk about the battery type and the runtime. What are your thoughts on that? Flashlights can use disposable batteries. Now, they can be alkaline or lithium, or you can use rechargeable lights, which are nickel metal hydride or lithium ion batteries. You do have to continue to recharge those. Now, the rechargeable batteries are the most cost-effective 
in the long run. In the they're long run. They're a little run. more expensive to purchase, but yes. they last longer. Yes, and they're more eco-friendly because you're not going through a lot of batteries. Let me illustrate it like this. I used to use a lot of camera flash batteries. Oh, yes, of course. I, I did it professionally for a number of years. So we would use, on, on an event, we would use a lot of batteries. And we were going through like 20 batteries a day. Wow. If not more. Holy and moly. So we, That's a lot of flash. We bought about 48 rechargeable batteries and two battery charging banks. So you just kept them recharging at the ready. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we would empty those, put them into our bag. And then as we noticed, the, the flash was getting a little bit longer to recycle. We would go and we had a used compartment in the bag that mm -hmm. we dumped our used batteries in it okay. and put new batteries in there. And so we were using the same ones every event. And so that saved us a lot of money and it saved a lot of batteries in landfills. Mm -hmm. So you'll need to check that runtime. That indicates how long that flashlight will last on a single charge of a set of batteries. Now, I know you were telling me that in, you know, real talk, you haven't really gotten as much runtime with rechargeable batteries. But again, you never really logged that time. Yeah, I never really kept up with it. But we felt like we got a little bit longer runtime out of disposable batteries than we did out of rechargeable. Interesting. I don't have any scientific proof for that. One of our listeners may know that and be able to enlighten us with an email. But we just seemed to feel like the rechargeables didn't last quite as long. But again, if you've got enough rechargeables, that doesn't matter. Well, let me ask you this question. This just, uh, this just occurred to me. Just as there are generic and brand name disposable batteries, are there generic and brand name rechargeable batteries? And is there a quality difference? I can't really address the quality difference. I'm guessing that there probably is. We were using EverReady rechargeable batteries. That's a good name. And we were also using, when we did use disposables, we were using EverReady alkaline batteries. Yeah, okay. Well, that answered that question. Hey, if they keep the Easter Bunny going, we trust them. <laughs> well, speaking of keeping the Easter Bunny going, how about let's talking about the durability factor? And much of that has to do with the actual construction of the flashlight itself. Yes, there's a lot more durability in a metal flashlight than there is a plastic flashlight. There's a lot more durability in a steel flashlight than there is an aluminum flashlight. Oh, for obvious reasons. Aluminum is a lot lighter and can crimp and dent. So what are we looking at doing? What's our purpose? Mm -hmm. If I'm carrying it in my pocket every day, I want a smaller, lighter weight. light. Right. But I've got a little two double A that is steel with the adjustable and three modes, and it's light at least compared to some lights I've carried. Now, talk about the lenses for a minute, because I know with what I call the $2 flashlight that you can buy on the end rack at Walmart, they're going to have just a piece of plastic for a lens. It's going to scratch. It's going to crack. Now, are there is there a lens difference, and do you know what a higher quality lens for a flashlight should be made of? Well, the ones that we carry on duty are glass. 
Really? They're a thick. Probably a tempered type glass. They're some type of tempered glass. Yeah. We've dropped them. We've run over them with vehicles, and they're all doing good. Okay. But the old plastic lenses of years gone by, those things would scratch up. They would, you'd drop it and they'd crack. And even the glass ones back when, and the, one of the finest flashlights ever made, the old EverReady Silver mm-hmm. 2D cell. Had the red collar on the top. It, on yep. some of them, mm-hmm. it did. Yeah. And it was about the only thing that you could put a traffic cone on to direct traffic <laughs> at night. That's fun. Some of these others, the mag lights and such, back then, mm-hmm. they didn't make a cone for that. So I had one in my bag in the car that was just the old two-cell ever-ready, and its sole purpose was directing traffic. But in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, that's the flashlight you saw every police officer carrying. It was a good light. It really was. You know, we were talking earlier about, I remember when the mag lights came out, Mm -hmm. and they were just an impressive, very modern, sleek-looking, super heavy. We girls used to laugh in college about mag lights. said, you could kill a man with that. You know, and you could. You could blonk somebody on the head, and somebody would be really hurt. Yeah, those things came five and six cell, D-cell lights. Some of them were 14, 16 inches long. Or longer than that. And where y'all said you could kill somebody, (laughs) we'd say you hit somebody with that, they stayed hit. I'm telling you. I mean, you you can break collarbones with them and... Now, we're not trying to diss Maglite. I'm not trying to say that Maglite's trying to create a weapon. It just appeared that way, and especially if you held one, it was substantial. It had some weight to it. It was built for t- almost tactical-type service. Yeah, the five-cell D-cell light, mm-hmm. you can put it under your arm. Now, I'm right-handed, so I write with my right hand. I would put it under my left arm. It would stick out a little bit, and it would light my ticket book if I were writing a ticket or writing a report or whatever I was writing. Mm -hmm. But I could drop that, grab the end of that flashlight, and come over with it like a nightstick. Oh, wow. And so that's where I said if you had to, you could break a collarbone. You think about it. If someone pulls a knife, I'd rather break their collarbone than shoot them. Well, sure, of course. To, to be honest. Of I course. mean, we've just got to disable that arm with mm-hmm. the knife in it and yeah. separate them from the knife. Non-lethal and is best. This, this is not where we were going with the flashlight <laughs> episode. <laughs> we were chasing a rabbit with is, a flashlight. <laughs> there is an advantage to having a longer flashlight. And so today we try to get them as short as we can and as light as we can. But hey, mag light was one awesome light. You know, they, and they make all different sizes now. So, yes, uh, hat tip to mag light. I really enjoyed them. I liked them. I thought they were a great design. They were a more expensive flashlight, but there was a lot of quality. So, you know, yeah, so hat tip. When we talk about durability, it really needs to be impact resistant, mm-hmm. at least from dropping it. Yeah. Because you're yeah. going to drop your flashlight. Right. And it's going to get. It's going to get stepped on. And And if you get to film a commercial, you can run over it. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you lost it in the shop and you didn't know where you lost it, then the the, the light's off, you can back over it. Well, I recommend you get two flashlights, one to look for the flashlight you've lost. Hey, good idea. I'm telling you. Just stick with me. I will not lead you astray. Okay. All right. Where were we? (laughs) She just told me I could buy a new flashlight, didn't she? (laughs) I've never told you not to buy a flashlight. Now, another thing you may want to consider here in the durability is these flashlights, and you'll see this on the packaging in some of the lights that you see in the big box store. 
at outdoor man and Ooh. that's you know i like outdoor man <laughs> but there's a water resistance rating on there now water resistance or waterproof what's the water difference? resistance okay you can get waterproof lights yeah yeah skin diving and such like that sure but there's a water resistance rating they tell me ipx4 or higher i don't know what ipx4 stands for but it's some type of international rating of that water resistance. Okay, so, so it, it's going to withstand harsh, wet conditions. Yes. Rain, hurricane, mm-hmm. tornado, cyclone, typhoon. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Alabama thunderstorm. You know, they're all the same. Oh, yeah. yeah. How about size and weight? Well, this is where it gets interesting because when you're in the market for a new flashlight, you may be in the market for more than just one kind. So you've got to consider what you need a flashlight for, what will be the conditions with which you would need a flashlight. You do need something small, and this is the men and the women. Let me tell you something, ladies. I carry a flashlight in my purse. Why do I carry a flashlight in my purse? You're a prepper. Well, because I have a big old bag, and I can't find things in there in the darkness. And my flash, you know, they actually make purses. Get this, Mark. They make purses, or they used to, that had a built-in flashlight inside well, that's, that's so you could find your flashlight in exactly. there. Exactly. And it's just such a smart idea. So I do use my flashlight even in the daytime looking down through my dark purse. So And small, we carry you know, them on our keychain as well. Sure. So you need a small one for, you know, the small tasks. And then, of course, they're convenient. You can carry them in a pocket or a purse or what have you. And he's got like those almost like a pin light flashlight. It's about the width of a Sharpie. It's two AA batteries. And I think so it's not much it. bigger than. Well, I have both. Oh, well, you've I got double both. and triple. I've got double and triple. Nifty. And part of this just depends on your preferences in terms of portability and the ease of use. Mm-hmm. So, And also thinking about what kind of flashlight you'd want to carry in your get-home bag or your bug-out mm-hmm. bag or the bags that you keep in your car. Those you may need to have a little bit more of a medium to large size, depending on what size they take up. Mm-hmm. Now, the smaller lights are more convenient for EDC, for everyday carry. Sure. They really are. I have a single triple A cell O light that's perfect for my shirt pocket. It's not even as heavy as a good sturdy fountain pen. Oh, sure. But one of the problems with the single triple A battery is that smaller batteries have smaller battery capacity. Sure. A triple A or a double A has 1.5 volts. Those are 1.5 volt per battery. Really, I think that's any size up until you get to the 9 volt, whether it's triple A, double A, C cell, D cell. Why isn't there a B? I don't know. Listen, we're going to put this question out to you. Why isn't there a B battery? What's Hmm. confusing about that? We have A. We have CD. We have 9 volt. We have all that. Somebody answer that question for yeah. us. Email us if you know why there is no Please B do. cell no battery. B. When you stack two of those batteries, like if your flashlight takes two, now it's operating on three volt. Yeah, you're just doubling the power. You're doubling the power, but you're also doubling the capacity mm-hmm. by having two batteries. Makes sense. Your larger flashlights may offer more power and more features. One They have larger batteries, so on the same lumen, they're going to run longer. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. A bigger battery, like on low power, is going to run many, many more hours than it will on high power, Mm -hmm. but it will run longer on the same setting 
than the smaller batteries will. So that's something to think about. If you have some sort of situation, camping or out by the river or family activities as summer is coming, you may need to have some sort of longer lasting flashlight. You might even set them up and use them as ground lighting. You know. Well, I also, in my hunting bag, I would carry larger batteried flashlights, D-cell generally, or C-cell. And I have a three or four C-cell battery in my get-home bag. And one of the reasons I did that is that those tend to sit in that bag for some period of time without being used. Mm, So I want mm -hmm. it operable when I do need to use it. So if it's sat in there for six months, I want it to have a little bit more battery capacity because they're all going to drain down a certain amount per month regardless. Well, if you've been storing a flashlight, say, for six months or more, open up the battery compartment and check to make sure that it hasn't done any leakage. I had that happen to me with one once. It's happened to me more than once when I throw them in a drawer somewhere and forget about Mm -hmm. them. In my hunting bag and in my get-home bag, I actually carry a pack of four new batteries. So if I do get out there and run them down, I've got those spare batteries. And we're always talking about carry spare batteries. That's practical prepping. So they're in both of those bags. If I get in trouble, I open a new pack, and there we go. We're going to take a quick break for sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk about three more considerations when selecting a flashlight. National security experts are warning. Our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. January marked the third time a power station in North Carolina was damaged by gunfire recently. Authorities are saying the attack raises a new level of threat. Authorities are now checking our grid for vulnerabilities. They've identified nine key substations. If these substations are attacked, power could be knocked out from coast to coast for up to 18 months. Just imagine a blackout lasting not days, but weeks or months. Your life would be frozen in time right at the moment the power fails. Lights all over the country would go out, throwing people into total darkness. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. With the Patriot Power Generator, you get a solar generator that doesn't install into your house because it's portable. You can take it with you. You can even use it inside. But it's powerful enough for your phones, your medical devices, even your refrigerator. And right now, you can go to 4 and use the code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. You'll also get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. And a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to 4patriots.com and use the code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's 4patriots.com. Use the code PREPPER to get 10% off in their shop today. Preppers are always concerned about having clean water available. A Pro One Gravity water filter solved that issue for us once and for all. We can store only so much clean water for us and our cats. For the two of us and the cats, that would be around 65 gallons just for drinking for one month. What about washing dishes and cooking foods that require water for preparation? 
If we find ourselves in an SHTF situation without clean water, we can use creek water or river water, which is plentiful within a short distance of our house. Just pour it in the top, then crystal clear, clean water comes out the bottom. Problem solved. If you're concerned about water, check out Pro One Gravity Water Filters. There's a link on our website, practicalprepping.info. All right, welcome back. We're going to talk about the modes and controls of all the different types of flashlights. Flashlights, a lot of the medium to larger ones, now are offering multiple modes. For example, low beam, medium beam, high beam, even a strobe, a red color, even an SOS type of a blink. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen one where sometimes it's how many times you press it or what, but where it literally blinks out in Morse code SOS. There you go. So it's going dot, 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 da, 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 dot, dot, dot. There, he, he knows Morse code. I didn't learn it from Mr. Morse, though. <laughs> okay. Contrary to what some folks I work with think. Touche. This is where you can use that low power for walking or for doing close-up work or for being in the tent at night. Mm-hmm. We can use that low power. Sure. But we can use that high power for seeing across those longer distances. With the higher power setting you get a higher discharge rate of the batteries. It's not too dissimilar from when your screen on your cell phone is very bright. That Mm -hmm. runs your battery down, too. So same idea happening there. Yeah, the higher the intensity, the higher the discharge rate. And just as an example, a light that may run 12 hours on low may run only an hour and a half on high. I see. Okay. And that's where you can save battery by using the lower power when you don't need it. Something you want to think about, too, if you can select a flashlight that will work, let's say, in the dead of winter and you're in Montana, you're in the middle of a blizzard, can you operate your flashlight wearing your winter gloves? Correct. Yes, because that you, they're... There may be a below zero situation where you do not want to take your gloves off. It doesn't have to be below zero for me not to want to take them (laughs) off, but sometimes it's just the inconvenience of having to take them off. Right. So a push button type switch Mm -hmm. is easier to manipulate than some of the smaller slide switches. So that's a good consideration. I'm glad that you brought that up. Well, let's talk about some accessories that can come with flashlights. What are some of the ones that you especially like? Well, there's all kinds. I love to have a clip on my flashlight, and that's great for putting it in a pocket, putting it on a shirt. I've even put it on a cap. Like a ball cap? Like a ball cap. My little O-light. I have popped the clip off and turned it around backwards and put it on my cap so that it's shining out and use it on wide beam and lower power, and I can maneuver around. I mean, it's great for doing things out in the yard, great for doing things around the campsite, changing a flat tire, whatever you need to do. Hands-free. Hands-free. I like it. What about the kind that you've seen that has a like a lanyard cord, you know, that you can hang around your neck? It keeps me from losing them as much as I do. Well, okay. And so they may I, have like a little hole at the end of it, and they just string yeah, it through or something. Yeah. Now it's it's a little bit more inconvenient when you're trying to do hands-free operation. Yeah, I have to stick it in your mouth. Uh, and you've seen me do that. <laughs> I have seen you do that. I have actually started an IV in a ditch on the side of the road with a flashlight in my mouth. Well, you're just Superman. You know no, that? I just needed a third <laughs> hand, and that was the ones that were available. <clears throat> 
Now, a lot of times you can get holsters for flashlights. Oh, wow. Some come with them. First one I ever saw with a holster was the little mini mag, yeah. the Maglite Mini. Yeah. And it came with a little belt holster. Isn't that clever? And they are just extremely convenient. Very good for EDC. You can slide it around out of the way, but it's still easily available. I've seen some, too, that come with a diffuser mm-hmm. type of a feature. And so what that does is that diminishes some of the overt brightness If you need a softer or a broader style of light, that diffuser is nice to have there. It changes it more to a wide angle when you don't have an adjustable beam. Exactly. So those types of features are also something to keep in mind when you're considering what flashlights you want to purchase and what features you really need and can use. And one of the last things that we want to consider is the price and the warranty. You know, I have been really astonished at how inexpensive some flashlights are all the way up to the good gracious holy moly are you kidding mm-hmm. that's <laughs> a car payment type yeah flashlight. i mean we're talking three figures four feet for a flashlight so we've got to consider our budget wow now i'm cheap <laughs> okay not just broke but cheap okay and so you know i mentioned on an episode sometime back that we were in rural king and we ran up on a bunch of $5 pin light two-cell batteries. Yes, we did. Two-cell flashlights. Oh, he, and, was, he was getting excited. And I still carry one of those. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really do. Yeah. But I also have some reputable brand with a solid warranty. And that reputable brand and a solid warranty is a good indicator of the quality and the reliability of that light. I mean, you're depending on this light. As a preparedness element in your life, you're really putting all of your stock in the ability to be able to see in the darkness. And there needs to be a balance between that price and the features. And you are the only one that can decide that. What purpose do you have for the light and what fits that purpose? All right, we've talked about some of the things to look for when buying a flashlight. Now, how do we put that into practice? I've mentioned that $5 flashlight from Rural King. I like it. It comes with no warranty, I guess. There wasn't any warranty paperwork. The, yeah, for $5, I don't think you're right. going to get a warranty. Now, it was good for me for EDC, mm-hmm. and I don't really worry about losing it or breaking it. It's a $5 light. Right. No great loss. Mm-hmm. But we've also added in some reasonably priced keychain lights. You know, I was a little astonished when you told me how much that keychain light cost, the one that's rechargeable. Mm -hmm. What was it, like $20 or something? Retail on it at the time, I think, was $39. Wow. But they ran it coming up to Christmas for 50% off. But you know, we've had them for years, and they just work beautifully. And I think they are the Streamline Sidekick. I think that's right, yes. And it's a rechargeable, and there are three modes on them, Mm -hmm. and they're great little lights. Super good. It's on our keychain. But I also have a Streamlight that was just south of $200. Now tell us how you use that one. Uh, Any other way you use a flashlight. Well, it's not one that you purchased for yourself. No, this one actually belongs to the county. And when I leave, I will have to turn it in. And it will be one of the things that I will miss. (laughs) But it is a streamlight. It is 
extremely good warranty, three modes plus a strobe, and it is my own duty police light. It comes in really handy when you're stopping vehicles after dark, when you're searching houses or buildings, or you're searching large areas for the guy that jumped out on the traffic stop and ran. Oh, boy. And I like to yell behind him, I have your car. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm not chasing you. I have your car. Right. Well, we definitely do recommend that you carry some sort of a flashlight every day, something that's going to fit your needs. And that's, again, think about what your needs might be. You alone can Mm -hmm. be the one to decide how many flashlights you need and how to use them. We do recommend that you carry more than one. Yeah, one of those should be on body, and the other one should be in an EDC bag or a get-home bag and have extra batteries for every light you have. Let me say that again. Have extra batteries for every light you have. So you think we need to get extra batteries? Let's get some extra batteries. And have extra batteries with us. Mm -hmm. Now, another good idea is to have an inexpensive flashlight scattered around the house. You can get these for two, three, four dollars. There's some little nine LED lights that uses, I don't know, three triple A batteries, and you can get a pack of five for under ten dollars. And they're great to have scattered around the house so that you can get to one when the power goes out. And keep one in a standard place where you always know it's going to be Mm -hmm. there. I have sort of a top of refrigerator kind of a basket, and that's where I would keep a few things like tape measure, flashlight, something to write with, and a pad of paper. And I always know it's going to be there. And there's one in a little Lazy Susan that's on a table between our two chairs. Mm -hmm. So we may not see the exact bin, but you spin this thing around, you'll find it. We know that there's one in this drawer and there's one in that drawer. It's good to put one in the bathroom drawer. If you've got these inexpensive lights, you can do that. The whole idea of those is to get you back to your lights out kit. Exactly. And so that you don't step on those Legos that your kids left out on the floor. That or find the furniture with your little toes. Uh, My poor little toe. That's all they ever were good for was stubbing into the chair legs and Mm -hmm. the table legs. They're also very good to have for kids. When you start pulling the flashlights out, I don't care if they're three years old, they want their own flashlight. Yes. Our grandson in North Carolina, who's four, has gotten through Get Papa's flashlight when we get there. (laughs) Because when we were going in, he got that flashlight and I knew I was going to need those extra batteries because he was going to run it down. I mean, But in in a power outage, those kids are going to want their own flashlight. It does two things. It occupies them Mm -hmm. and it lets them be less afraid. You know, that's true. Sometimes even if they're huddled up under a blanket reading a book with a flashlight, there's something a little comforting about that sort of an impromptu thing. If the thunder is booming outside and the rain is falling, you know, let's just build a fort. Let's just get under there with our toys and our books and let's have a flashlight and let's just, you know, huddle up and be mm-hmm. be be safe. So just to recap the eight things that we've talked about considering when purchasing a flashlight. Brightness. The beam distance makes a big difference. Battery type and the runtime of those batteries. And the durability of that light. The size and the weight of the flashlight. 
the modes and controls. The accessories that may come with it to make it more convenient. And finally, a price that fits your budget and the warranty that comes with the light. We have hoped this has been very illuminating for you. <laughs> there she goes. Oh, I think I counted. You said four times you said the word allude. Kudos. That's a good use of the word allude. I like that. I used to teach English, so I'm kind of into words. I kind of like words, too, especially since I write. But I've got to find a place that I can use a word that was on the front of our fourth grade spelling book. Oh, okay. Back then, we had spelling books. Oh, we did. And the word was anti-disestablishmentarianism. And I think that's the only time that word ever appeared was on spelling books. Well, I went through a period where I actually looked up each of the components of that word and figured out what it means. <laughs> and I'll never find a way to use, in a sentence, anti-disestablishmentarianism, unless you count me using it in a sentence, saying I won't be able to use it. I'll give you half credit for that. Half credit for that. Okay. But you know, what is necessary is a good flashlight, or two, or ten, or fifty. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate your emails. You encourage us so much when you send us an email. You encourage us so much when you buy us a cup of coffee. We just appreciate you. And remember, you can find us on the website, practicalprepping.info. If you want the episode description, put a slash 385 after that. And we have a blog on there. We have a Facebook page. So you can find us any number of places, and we certainly appreciate the interaction that we have with you. And also, we have a couple of books on Amazon. Our first book is Making Contact During Emergencies. It's the information that may save your life if you're injured or lost in a disaster or other emergency. And our second book, and we're very proud of this, is Practical Prepping for Everyday People. It's a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. We really enjoyed writing those books. You can download those books, buy them through Amazon, get them on Kindle, any way that you want to read those books. We encourage you to purchase those and have those in your collection. And you know why that is? Thank you, Saban. Because stuff happens, so we want you to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.